Hey, Jordan. What's up? Is it baseball season yet? special guest from Dynasty Grinders TBD and reigning champion, Joe Rawlings. Please stick around as we talk about trades, questions, and also a special trip to Arizona. Thank you for listening. Hey, Johnny, can you believe it? Episode 9. We are one episode away from having two digits. It's insane insane i can't believe we get to keep coming back to this it's, it's just unreal no i wasn't prepared to go into two digits for the next episode so i've just been putting a zero in front of the ones we've already done so i'm kind <laughs> of already there but it is getting close to baseball season it's really close to baseball season and today we're not alone we have a special guest today johnny yeah and uh I, jordan i think you should hit him with the question hey joe is it baseball season yet it is definitely baseball season. That's right. We have uh, TBD's uh, Joe Rawlings with us today. And uh, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so owner of TBD, uh, me and my co- co-owner Josh, we both went to college together and loved baseball and played fantasy for many years. And ultimately, we, we've we both been into prospects and the draft and things like that just for a hobby. And one day we went on Twitter looking for a... Uh, a fun fantasy league that used prospects and came across, I think it was something you treat, uh, tweeted out, Jordan, and we went from there, and it's been a, a wonderful marriage ever since. You went through whole all that, and you didn't talk about winning it last year. <laughs> oh, well, yes, yes, we did win it last year. We are the uh, the all-time scoring leaders at the at the current time, so <laughs> there is that, too. All right, well, I, I just, I, you know, winning, winning can't be the side effect of all the other fun in the league, right? I mean... It's got to be about winning. Oh, exactly. I mean, the, the league is fun. Ultimately, we're in it to you know win some money and some bragging rights and things like that. But uh, we have a we have a fun time doing it, trying to piece things together, and definitely try to turn over the team as much as we can and do some new things. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So a lot of your guys' trades this off season have been really interesting. You sold off of most of your prospects and some of your players for more draft picks. And uh, was is there a goal in mind with that? Uh, I think ultimately it was, we tried to figure out the guys that, you know, that we either liked or fell in love with for whatever reasons. And if you weren't, didn't really make that list, we were fine with moving you for whatever pieces we could get. And we did really like this draft class as well, um, that we currently had, um, for the, the minor league draft that just happened. And so we felt like we could load up with some more guys and load up on the farm system after emptying those out to try to bolster the, the major league roster while we had a lot of budget room so i think we all in all i think we're pretty happy where things are at and we're able to accomplish what we wanted obviously some trades as always probably didn't go the way necessarily that we wanted after thinking about it but we're happy where we're at i feel like there was uh i feel like in round two or round three it seemed like every other minute i was getting an email about you guys buying picks you guys basically bought an entire round at one point what's that like Uh, It was pretty fun. Uh, Ultimately, I mean, we had quite a quite a bit of cash from where we were sitting from kind of where we've projected out our roster. And there kept being guys on the board that we really liked and really wanted to get and just happened to be we were like, oh, you know, might as well message uh, whoever is on the clock and see if they're interested. And it just so happened a lot of people were interested in either moving back or getting a little bit of budget. And we were happy to take some gambles and some lottery tickets and see if we could get the guys that we liked and ultimately see, I guess, if they turn into anything. But we figured, what the heck, if people are going to give them to us, we'll take them. 
All right. And then for real life, you guys are Brewers fans, right? From Milwaukee or the area? So Josh is a Brewers fan. He's originally from Milwaukee area, one of the kind of one of the cities next to Milwaukee, but he's definitely a, a hardcore Brewer fan. I'm actually a Cubs fan. Um, I The only time I've been in Wisconsin, I moved up here in high school. But other than that, um, my whole family is from Chicago area, so I'm actually a Cubs fan. Sure. My uh, my great-grandpa actually worked for the Cubs for about 20 years in the front office and everything. And, um, yeah, so we're diehard Cubs fans where we uh, where I come from. Awesome. Well, yeah. I appreciate you joining the podcast so for, for today's episode. It, you've been a... You you and and Josh have been a delight in the league. Obviously, uh, one of the some of the better grinders that we have, and uh, the the trades have been full and plentiful and given us a lot to talk about. So thank you for that. Yeah, we like to. We've definitely enjoyed it being on, and uh, thanks for having me on tonight. But yeah, we've enjoyed being in the league and excited for another season. Yeah, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. It'll be nice to be able to talk about prospects with someone for once. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of prospects, there were a couple trades going on. You wanna you wanna tee that off? Let's go. We had a lot more trades in the Dynasty League, which uh, Joe's not too familiar with, but we'll get to those in a bit. But first, we had I think just two Dynasty Grinder trades in the last two weeks. Um, trades, and one of them was with uh, TBD. So let's just start with that one. TBD trades away big bad Lucas Erseg for long balls. Uh, fifth round pick, which became. Uh, why don't you tell us who that became, Joe? Oh man, I was not prepared for that. I'm take trying a look. to think who we took in the with our last pick. Give me one second, I can put up here. But ultimately, with Erseg, he was kind of on our list of uh, guys that we were comfortable cutting. Um, we kind of made a list of guys of people that we were okay with moving on from, and uh, and went from there. I want to say it was Jake McCarthy. He was a, a college outfielder. He got drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I want to say that's who he took with that uh, that fifth round pick. Yeah, it looks like you got Jake McCarthy with the second to last pick of the draft. Yeah, yeah, we it was definitely a, a bat that we liked, and ultimately we liked him better than Urseg. We were probably going to cut him anyway um, and replace him with whatever came on the waiver wire, and we kind of just figured why not get one of the guys that we for sure want to get and go from there. <laughs> well, anytime you can turn your uh, drop into a, a priority waiver wire ad, that's a lock. Oh yeah, we were we were definitely happy with it. Uh, we definitely, I think we tried a few different times in the fifth round, but ultimately we were okay to to let things go by. And initially somebody responded, and we were more than happy to to get McCarthy there. I know you were very perplexed with this trade when it happened, and you went on a rant on Slack about it. What are your thoughts on this trade again? What I you I'm sorry, were you talking to me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A fifth round pick for another guy I've never heard of. That's great. Good good job, guys. Right along, we get uh, Hustle LT and Respect acquired $0 cost-controlled Kevin Kramer for a $4 Dustin Pedroia who goes to Organized Chaos. Thoughts? Jordan first this time? Sure. Uh, you know, Dustin Pedroia for $4 uh, seems like an okay value. I, I don't think there's a lot left of the Pedroia's tank. I, I'm certain you are going to cut him. But that doesn't mean that you know if he goes in the draft for one, two, or three, four dollars. I mean, if 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 you wanted if you wanted to bet on Pedroia, getting for four dollars seems great. And uh, this Kramer kid, uh, you know, you, you seem to be uh, selling him pretty hard, which means he's probably not that good. Oh, do you confirm or deny Kramer being good or bad? Well, I'll put it this way: I had actually told Chaos. Uh... I don't even know if it was the same day or the day before that he should really stop offering us Kramer because we weren't interested in him and nobody in the league would be interested in him and he should just (laughs) cut him. Um, And then so when that trade went through and I got that notification, I was uh, I I definitely laughed a little bit there. That's awesome. (laughs) This is very hurtful. Um, I I was probably going to cut Pedroia. Um, I might cut Kevin Kramer as well, but. Um, I do have an extra minor league spot at the time, and I do kind of like him. He has an interesting power uh, stroke last year. He adjusted his swing. He hits for average. He, he's probably going to get second base eligibility at some point. He could be something. He could be Dustin Pedroia. We don't know that. Yeah, um, yeah future AL MVP for sure. Write okay, it down. write it down. Kevin Kramer, future AL MVP. No, um, a guy named Kevin's not winning MVP. Let's be serious here. Okay. Uh, I guess... I guess that's it for Dynasty Grinders. It's been kind of slow lately. Is there anything yeah. you guys want to talk about in the league before we move on? Trades, the draft coming up. 
No, I, I think I think rosters are pretty set. You know, I, I think we discussed it last podcast where there's just not going to be a lot available in the draft because everybody is kind of already spent what they expected to spend. There's a few guys available in the trade block, but there's not a lot of flexibility left to, to move those guys. And uh, I don't expect to see a lot of moves before cut day. What about you, Joe? Yeah, no, I definitely feel uh, feel the same way. Um, you know, just kind of been examining everyone's rosters lately and trying to get an idea who will have what available or how many spots they need. And there's just not much out there I think that's going to happen and not many cuts that are going to happen. So there's not really going to be an influx of any other talent into the pool. Um, so pretty much what's there is going to be there. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what actually happens at auction. But, yeah, I don't think – I think right now it's just a lull period until the draft. And then once that happens, it'll be baseball season. So it'll be good. It seemed like we had a lot of – a big trade flurry for almost a month. We were getting a lot of trades. And then we – I think everyone was pretty much set right before the minor league draft, and we saw some trades here and there. I'm guessing we'll probably see another couple, but I think the big trades have probably already happened at this point. I know, I know that people are talking. I know that uh, I've had conversations myself, but the right now the market seems pretty dampened compared to what it was a couple of weeks ago. So like, there's just not a lot of urgency to make those moves, and I don't really foresee that changing. You know, the the guys I want to keep, I want to keep them, and unless I get blown away for an offer, I, I don't see that happening. So and I I think we're pretty much stand pat till the draft. One player that will definitely not be available. In- auction is zero dollar cost controlled kevin kramer uh moving on to the trades in dynasty um so joe uh i don't know how familiar you are with the league but the scoring is pretty similar to dynasty grinders i think yep i think they're pretty identical except we they never change the home runs reduced that's right uh down which is actually a question that we'll come back to uh later in the podcast so i guess that's the big takeaway difference scoring wise uh, keeper wise, everyone there's no salary, so you just keep them. Okay. There's a, a is it a snake draft or is it just a? No, it's a straight it's draft. A, yeah. It, originally, draft. originally it was a straight a snake draft at the beginning, 2014. So this this league's been going for about six years. Players that are available in the snake draft, uh, I mean, sorry, in the straight draft, I mean, I would say half the minor, half the first year player uh, guys are there about. Because a lot of them were picked up during the season that were available to be picked up. The rules are kind of different than what me and you are used to in Dynasty Grinders. And as far as free agents go, it's, I mean, definitely a lot um, smaller of a pool compared to Dynasty Grinders. Because the bad contract, expensive guys, they don't exist here. Um, right. So I think you're, you're talking D- about I mean, Dylan Bundy and Jason Kipnis are your highlights. And... Oh, that sounds, like a, that sounds like a good time. I mean, Dylan yeah. Bundy is going to be a star, but... Somehow, Ostadio is available as well. Oh, man. But, um, oh, man. Um, but uh, that's just the context of the of the draft. There's a decent amount of prospects, but not a, not a ton. Um, so we'll move on to the first trade. The Rocky Mountain Oysters, former Dynasty Grinder legend, Dusty, trades away a first-round pick in 2019 and a fifth-round pick to you down with prospecting, uh, uh, for and Dusty gets Trevor Richards, and uh, you down with prospecting, defending champion gets the picks. Uh, I mean, this is fine. I mean, it the first round pick has some value because, like, like you said, about half the class for uh, you know, the the basically the, the players that weren't locked out of the draft pool are still available, and so there, there's, there's, there's probably gonna be the first round will be interesting names, and that's about it. So that pick's got some value, but not a ton. Any thoughts, Joe? Trevor Richards, first round pick with you have no idea of the player pool. Um, I mean, from what you said, is kind of the highlights of the player pool. I mean, I think that's, I guess, pretty fair. Um, I mean, it sounds like a, a dusty trade. Uh, definitely missed you, Dusty, if you if you if you're listening. Um, but uh, it definitely sounds like a dusty type trade. And I mean, Trevor Richards versus Bundy. I guess it's a toss up, really. So I guess take what you take what you like at the moment. Dusty's either listening. If Dusty is listening to this, he will never admit to it, but I don't think he is. Uh. Uh, he's definitely <laughs> listening, but I, I I think the pick was like 7th or 8th because Dusty was right in the middle. So I don't think Dylan Bundy was even going to be available for this. This is going to be a, you know, a, a middle of the first – uh, the prospects available are going to be middle of the first round last year's draft. So I think you a, probably you get close to like a top 100, you, a top 100 guy with this pick. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, depending on who falls, I mean, I know India is available. He's probably going to go like 
in the first few at some point. Um, I don't know who else is there, but everybody in the top half of the draft just wrote his name down. Um, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> we don't have first round picks because I traded them all for Chris Sale about three years ago, so it doesn't matter for us. Um, <laughs> moving right along to our trade, which Joe can review exclusively. The clown question question bros trade away Fernando Romero, Adam Wainwright, and a fourth round pick for an, a second round pick, pick three, and Aurelavis Martinez. Oh man, um, I mean, were you guys just bored and thinking of a crappy trade to do, or I guess? Well, I mean... so <laughs> the, the 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 few limitations that we do face is that we can only carry twenty five active players on the roster, gotcha. and so we had like thirty four, and so we were going to cut some guys anyway. And Fernando Romero wasn't exactly going to get cut, but we couldn't stash him in the minors anymore, so it was. He was somebody we were trying to shop around and trade, and we honestly didn't get a whole lot of offers for him. Gotcha. Well, that, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I think it's fair. Um, as an Orelvis Martinez owner myself, uh, we uh, we definitely like you know what he could potentially be. And, I mean, I guess if you're doing that for drops, like we said before, or people that you can't really roster, then, then might as well get something for nothing. So right. uh, definitely, I think – both people probably got what they wanted out of it in that type of trade. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say we really uh, had too many starting pitchers. I think we still have probably 10 or 9 right. uh, after that. And, um, I mean, Fernando Romero is now projected to be a reliever at least to start the year. So, I mean, I didn't really want to – I mean, I thought that might be the case. So it wasn't like the best use of a roster spot. Um, so, yeah. And, and Hattie was on the opposite end of the spectrum where he had maybe – I want to say three or four projected starters. So he added a, a decent amount of depth. And even if he cuts one or two of these guys, as long as one of them is a productive starter for him, it's a, I think it's a pretty decent trade for him too. I mean, the real unfortunate thing is that I ha- ended up needing to use Romero in the middle of last season where, you know, they, I just ran out of starters halfway through the season and then Romero was up and then he got sent down. And due to the rules of the league, I couldn't, I couldn't stash him back in the minors anymore. And, kind of got stuck with him on the active roster for the rest of the season. Jordan, I forget. Did you like that rule that prevented you from no, sending him down it. to the minor? Oh, okay. I, I, I always get that mixed up. No, I I mean, I didn't hate it because, I mean, it, it definitely negatively affected my team this last year, but the rule more so negatively affects rebuilding teams, in my opinion, because they're going to – I mean, they're, they've, they have to, you know, keep – players down in the minor leagues longer like Yohan Moncada still in the minor leagues in this league because uh you know for reasons and I mean it's just it's just kind of silly uh moving right along to our next trade with Crapital City Income and the Oysters um Bailey acquired a second round pick and Dusty acquired Adam Frazier yeah th- this is fine whatever need a hot take yeah. from you Joe um, I mean, I, I'm actually a, a, an Adam Frazier fan. I had him on one of my teams in another league, uh, and he actually did some some big things at the end of last year in the playoffs and things like that. So um, based on what was left, I mean, I'd probably take the Adam Frazier side. But again, I mean, it's nothing that's going to really sway a team one way or another, I think. so. But definitely Adam Frazier side for me. Yeah, I think I agree with that, too. Um uh but yeah i mean the pick i mean the pick will be nice i'm sure uh bailey will get a minor leaguer and he probably wasn't going to play frazier that much but i think it could be useful to dusty i think if bailey and, uh, dusty podcast, wa- he, he he would announce that the the value of this trade is being able to do something he did it for the rush right <laughs> when the draft starts he'll get to do something in the second round another rush an accepted trade and a draft pick double <laughs> rush um Moving right along to our next Dusty trade. Dusty trades away a 2021 third-round pick to Unicorns and Glitter for Clay Buckholds. Let's start with Joe this time. Thoughts? Man, um, I guess, I mean, Clay Buckholds probably won't be around in 2021. So I guess if uh, if Dusty's, you know, sounds like he's trying to get guys that are going to help him this year. So for that, I might as well do it. Who knows what will even be there in 2021. And no offense, you never know if the league is even going to be around in 2021. Hopefully it is. Same with our league, Dynasty Grinders. But, um, you know, Clay Buckholtz, hopefully you can get some innings from him and he can be a another depth piece. And, I mean, I'd probably go that route as well at this point from just the sounds of what Dusty's trying to do. Is a team yet? Clay Buckholtz? No, actually. 
I don't know. I don't know if he signed yet, but you know, I, I think he qualifies under a starting pitcher who probably has a job. And trading a third round pick two years from now for that is fine. Dusty needs starting pitchers, and and I think that if Dusty hadn't embargoed our team, he could have used some of the guys that we were trying to get rid of for free. Yeah, not wise on the embargo, Dusty. I, I don't think the embargo worked out so well, no. Perhaps uh, the third round pick that we would have acquired <laughs> would have constituted the rich getting richer. Yeah, well. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know if the a 2021 third round pick. I don't think Ferns is sitting over there, you know, uh, like Mr. Burns just clicking his fingers together, just oogling and ogling over this third round pick in two years. I, I think he just hit the accept button and moved on with his life. I don't know. I picture Ferns oogling. Okay. Uh, moving right along to our next trade, Mush trades away Tony Santillian, a first rounder, and Bo Burrows to you down with prospecting for Michael Waka. Jordan Hicks, and once again today, Dustin Pedroia. Was it Jordan Hicks or Aaron Hicks? I think it was definitely Jordan Hicks. Okay. Thoughts, Jordan? Well, initially I thought this trade was for Aaron Hicks, so I liked the trade for Mush a lot. Now I don't know. Yeah, um, I only know this. Um, I know Elton has uh, Hicks in that league, and okay. Bailey keeps trying to get him, so I know it's yeah, Jordan okay. Hicks. Yep, you're right. So, okay, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, no comment. Moving right along to Joe. Santillian, first-round pick, and Bo Burrows, or Michael Waka, Jordan Hicks, and former AL MVP Dustin Pedroia. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. Well, being a Cubs fan, I could care less about the Cardinals. Um, so I guess I would take the other side just for the argument's sake. Uh, take the pick and Bo Burrows and Tony Santillian. But either way, I mean, oof, it's, it's pretty rough. I guess maybe depending on where the pick is, I probably take that side just for just for fun and hopefully get somebody that I can have some fun with. Other than that, who knows? <laughs> I think Waka seems kind of useful, like as a decent starter in this league. But we've seen some of these other trades where we gave away a bunch of starters for lesser picks and lesser prospects or further away prospects. So giving away Santillian, who's basically a top 100 guy, I'd say, or close to it, and a first round pick. Um, when you probably could have gotten a different shitty starter for a little bit less. I don't know. I guess the market says that uh, I would rather have Santillian in the first rounder. So I guess I that's would. how I lean on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather have the pick and the player than the uh, bottom end starting pitcher, a reliever, and a second baseman who's been washed up for years. Okay. Well, just so I guess, participating. I guess I, guess I have a comment. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving right along to our next trade. Yellow Deck trades away Jorge Soler for Malik Smith and Chinrios from, I guess, the Astros now, the catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, uh, you want to start us off? Soler for Smith and Chinrios? Um, I mean, if Soler can stay healthy, I mean, Soler being a former Cub, I, I always really liked him, but he could never stay healthy. I think he was almost too... Uh, physically gifted for his own good just always lifting weights and being very i don't know built i guess i know his hamstrings are always a problem things like that but i guess without really having any context on team needs and everything i think it's pretty fair um i do like chirinos i think he can do great in the astros uh that astros lineup and get enough starts to be useful at catcher even though i'm not a big catcher guy so i guess i i probably take solaire and hope that he can stay healthy and and continue off of what he started with last year but it's again it's a it's a pretty toss-up i think and without knowing team team context i probably probably think it's pretty fair for both sides um it's about right i think value wise Gordon. Well, I think ceiling-wise, you'd rather have Jorge Soler because like, there's just always that chance that he reaches the ceiling that you you assume he can get. But uh, I think odds are good or if not better that Malik Smith is just more fantasy-relevant for the next year or two than uh, getting a catcher in this league is fine. So uh, I think I like that side. I like the yellow deck side on this one. Uh, I'm with Joe on this one too. I rather, If I'm in... I think there's a good chance all three of these guys are borderline low-end options or worthless um, in this in this sort of league. So I want the guy with the most upside, and I think Soler could hit 25 home runs, and he, he learned how to walk last year. So uh, I would rather have him than the other two. I mean, Chirinos is a solid catcher, but, I mean, he's probably a starting catcher for this league, but he's still a back-end guy, and he's probably not that much worse than the guys, a few guys above him, but also not that much better than the few guys below him. So I guess I'd rather have Soler, um, but uh, I'm done. Um, Ed, 
Hattie trains Tucker Barnhart and uh, Duplantier to the Oysters for the first round pick, 11th overall. Jordan, thoughts? Yeah, I think I'd rather have the pick. Uh, I think the trade's fine for both sides, but I'd rather have the pick. Yeah, um, I probably probably agree with Jordan on that one. I mean, Duplantier, I'm a pretty big fan of. I know he had some injuries last year, so I think when healthy, he could be a, a good kind of middle-of-the-road starting pitcher. Um, and I mean, catchers are catchers, so whatever there. But um, probably ultimately, I'd probably take the pick when it came down to it. Um, I think I, I think I agree. Um, uh, the cheating brute. We only have a couple more trades left. The cheating brew crews trades away Ronnie Mauricio and Michael King to the Kodiaks for Shebler and Lynn. Anyone have any hot thoughts on this? Um, I mean, it just sounds like a lot of injuries and hoping people can play 80 games if that's for position players. And I know Michael King just got hurt in spring training, so that's unfortunate for whoever got him. And I mean, if I think you said Lance Lynn was on the other side and we know he's not going to play very much. So other than that, it doesn't sound uh, too exciting and probably pretty fair both sides. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I'm always going to side on the getting the useful major leaguers, even if they're only useful for half a season. I think that's fine. Uh, so I Kyle's going to find a way to make Scotty Schubler, uh, you know, a top 30 outfielder for some reason because he cheats. Uh, yeah, I actually like Mauricio in this trade. I think he's the best prospect. He has some intriguing upside. But that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Uh, Tender Bitches trades away a 20 pick for Cedric Mullins to the clown question bros. So a first-round pick or Cedric Mullins, Joe? Was it a first-round pick for this year or did you say 2020? 2020. 20, okay. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Cedric Mullins fan. I mean, I think he'll get some playing time this year probably in, in Baltimore just because it's Baltimore and they don't really have anything else to put on the field probably this year. Um, but I guess long-term, if I'm set this year, I'll probably definitely take the, the first-round pick. And Jordan obviously liked the pick. That's why we did the trade. Exactly. Uh, next, <laughs> next trade, Capital City trades away uh, Sean Doolittle to the Kodiaks. For Logan Allen and oh, A.J. No. Minter, who would you rather have, Doolittle or Logan Allen and A.J. Minter? Logan Allen uh, is not cross-controlled in this league, but I do think saves are worth something in this league. So not a ton, but they're worth something, right, Jordan? Yeah, they're, they're, they're worth a decent amount. Like uh, having having yeah. a, you know, a top 10 closer is valuable in this league. Beyond that, it's not so much. So I think Doolittle has value in this league. Um, but since you love and have a huge giant boner for Logan Allen, I'd rather have him. Yeah, I'm definitely on the uh, the Logan Allen, AJ Mentor side. I mean, I think definitely Logan Allen by himself, I'd rather have than Doolittle. And AJ Mentor, I mean, if the Braves actually give him a chance to run with it, I think he has the talent when he puts it together to be a, a really good closer. And that team, I think, is obviously going to be pretty good so i think even mentor could outperform Doolittle. i don't think that's out of the the realm of possibilities and getting logan allen i i like a lot as well so definitely that side um yeah we're all unanimous unanimous here we love logan allen we love kevin kramer moving right along to our last trade tender bitches trades away francisco mejia to the Pottstown for miguel amaya and a 2020 first round pick so amaya and a first round pick next year or francisco mejia joe finish us off on the last trade um, man, I guess I'd, I'd probably take Amaya and the first round pick, especially if my team is is good this year and, and set. Um, Mejia, I think, is good and, you know, he'll be there this year. But I don't know if he can stick at catcher or if he can even really stick at third and what the Padres are really going to ultimately do with him. But uh, I, I would probably def- take Amaya just for for Cubs fandom's sake and the first round pick for sure. Anything, Jordan? No, I have <laughs> nothing to say about it. Yeah, I guess I would rather have Francisco Mejia, but it seems pretty reasonable and pretty close. And with that, we are done with the trade portion of this podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Joe. It was a trade. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know that was a struggle for you, Jordan, but it, it was nice to hear a perspective from uh, someone that has read a top 100 list Absolutely. once in his life. I have okay. read one before, but that's not. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> A couple of questions. Uh, I listed a couple on this Google sheet, but uh, we also got some from Twitter. Uh, there's a question for Joe. It's from at uh, John Cena fan, Cena fan 365 24-7. One half of a co-owner that won the last championship. Does that make you just half a champion? No. Me and Josh, we feel like we are we are one. 
We don't look at each other as half owners, but one owner. So we both have, have thoroughly enjoyed the championship over the off season and uh, looking forward to defending it heading into this season. You guys got your I mean, championship that, glasses, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got our championship glasses. We each had a nice uh, nice cold beverage, uh, nice. quite a few actually out of them. So Perfect. Uh, it, was, it was a very nice little nice little gift and trophy that we uh, display proudly. Good. Oh, um, great, great response. Like, I don't know who was asking that question. It just came in from Twitter. That's weird. So, um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, moving on to our next question. This one's coming from Steve Swinson from our league. Uh, I'll just read it out loud. One question that I would have for the podcast tonight is, being a new owner, how do most owners in this league value each position from top to bottom in the auction draft? Is is it is it starting pitching, or is it outfielders, or just the best available players? Where 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 we should spend our money at auction at? I don't know why I read that like that. Where should we spend our money at auction? Well, I'll start off. Uh, I I think for the most part, I'm very position agnostic. I, I I'm trying to acquire points in any way, shape, or form I can get them. You know, in, in our league, we can have two utility spots, so that, that allows you to have a lot of flexibility on the hitting side, and you always need more starting pitching. So if you can get that starting pitcher that you need and there, there's an upgrade, you want that too. Um, so I, I think going into the auction draft, this year is going to be more different than it's ever been because there's going to be such little talent in the pool and I think a lot of money available. So I think everybody's going to have the money to buy the one guy they want at basically whatever price because they know they're going to cut him afterwards. And then from after that, you know, it's going to be a bunch of $1 to $10 guys that, you know, people just kind of scoop up and you, you're just hoping to get lucky with that pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Ultimately, I think it comes down to the best player available, especially if you have the cash to be able to be to be in on some of the top guys, the very few that, that might be the best in the draft there. But um, we also definitely like to try to have a, a balanced roster, I think. Depth is definitely important for the long haul of the season. Um, like you said, Jordan, especially on the pitching side. But it's also nice to have depth on the hitting side to be able to make sure you have somebody, you know, at least active every single day to still get those get those chances at points. Um, so I think we definitely try to build a nice, well-rounded wa- roster with plenty of depth, but we'll always go best player available, um, most likely in the draft. I mean, just oh, Steve, Steve, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I mean, even just looking at the draft pool right now, as it stands today, uh, you can expect a couple other guys probably are going to get cut and dropped into this pool. But uh, using fan uh, fan tracks projections, which you know, take that for what it's worth. There's two guys who are projected to be over a thousand points in Chris Archer and John Lester, and then three more guys over 800 at, with Starling Marte, Mike Leake, and Anthony uh, Desclafani. I don't even know how to say his name. Anthony <laughs> Desclafani. Desclafani. There it is. And then <laughs> a- after that, there's only a few guys who are projected to be over 700 points: Adam Jones, Lance Lynn, uh, Kikuchi, Erlin, Odorizzi, and Buster Posey and uh, Villar. So like, there's there's not a lot to really pick up here. So I feel like even if there's three or four guys that are interesting that that fit in that top, you know, they're gonna they're projected to be over 800 points. If uh, if there's 10 teams that have 50 dollars to spend, all those guys are going for 50 dollars or more. So you, yeah. you you're not getting a long term keeper out of this. One thing that is always with the auction in terms of positions. I mean, starting pitching is just more scarce than outfielder especially good starting pitching. So, I mean, you can always find an outfielder on the waiver wire, someone that's getting starts. He might not give you a ton of points, but the drop-off might not be a humongous for the guys you already have. Um, Starting pitching, there's only a handful of starting pitchers on the waiver wire at any given point, and usually they're all unproven and bad. So I think starting pitching is definitely perhaps the most scarce thing in the auction. And I'd also say that just in terms of strategy-wise, I mean, you definitely want to get some good players. I know uh, Steve is a rebuilding team this year. He's new to the league. Um, definitely want to spend some good money and get a couple good guys. But you also want to leave. You also want to purposely leave yourself like a couple dollars to get some interesting guys at the end of the draft because they're going to be a lot more capable than the forty or fifty dollar pitchers that you would have to overpay for. And you really get value getting a couple guys that are two, three dollars. Maybe they're injured to start the year. Maybe they don't have a starting position and just holding on to that guy for the entire year, that's where you can get some real value. Someone that you only pay two or three dollars for this year, but next year would be worth maybe twenty or twenty five. 
Right. The, those. I mean, at the end of the draft, it kind of turns into a snake draft of sorts where people are kind of, you know, you can skip a spot by, you know, turning the $1 guy into a 2 or $3 guy. But, you know, it, that's that's how I got guys like Jerks and Profar last year. And uh, I'm trying to think the one other guy that, that was really good. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is another one that I picked up. But, I mean, it's just those kinds of guys you can kind of just snap. And if you hold on to them all year and they end up being good, I mean – I didn't. I don't have any inside information on them. They just seemed like they were going to be good, and they ended up working out. Yeah, I definitely think, at least from you know from previous drafts, auction drafts, uh, there's usually a lot of value at the end because, like you said, a lot of teams will jump early and fill up and won't have space left or even a couple dollars to outbid the next person. So there's usually some good buys at the end. In this draft, though, I don't really know if there'll be guys like that just because there's already not much there, and there's going to be some teams with probably just sitting on a handful of cash that could care less and just put it all on one guy for this season and not really care about cutting them. So I think this this draft will definitely be interesting just due to the scarcity of anything actually being relevant or good out there um, after the first couple guys go. Brennan and I have basically talked about the same rule changes for a while now. So I think it'd be interesting to get your perspective on how how you think the draft is going to change next year with the cut down of every team having to cut down to $500. I mean, I think... Definitely. Uh, I mean, I wasn't around much during the offseason just due to getting married and some personal life things. But congratulations, um, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been wonderful. Um, She's not enjoying right now that I've been out of town for work pretty much the first two months of this year. But, uh, you know, got to got to pay the bills, I suppose. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it'll be great for especially the rebuilding teams, but also just I think um, ultimately, you know, having a little more turnover um going through obviously it kind of sucks from our perspective and some of the the top teams that got all the budget and um put it through to this year can't really necessarily use that strategy for next year so the the top teams i think will have quite a few cuts that are going to be over budget this year so it should definitely put an influx of talent into the pool and it'll be interesting next year to you know i think that'll definitely create a lot more parity and not so much of a separation between the top teams and the bottom teams. So I think it'll definitely be good for the league in the long haul, even though I'll be selfish and say that I'm not necessarily happy with it from where my team's constructed right now. But, uh, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be great for the league definitely here moving forward, uh, starting with next year's draft. Okay. Uh, moving right along to our next question submitted from Gerald and dynasty grinders. How did last year's rule changes affect the stats? Home run penalty and relievers point change. Jordan? Well, since I was I, I was able to watch two different leagues, so you know, we 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 mentioned earlier that Dynasty has did not make that change last year. So in following both leagues, I, I will say that following pitchers was more fun in Dynasty Grinders. Uh did it change the league overall? I don't think there's a huge difference. But just in the I think it accomplished the goal for when you're watching a start, like the home run, especially the solo home runs just don't hurt as much. They don't feel as nasty when it happens. And then also, you know, the, the change to relievers, I think just, it just worked out. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I definitely, I think I liked the, the rule change to, to lessen that penalty for home runs. And obviously, you know, pitchers points went, did go up with that being effect. And, I think it definitely allowed for, like you said, some more exciting times with some of those pitchers. And uh, it was, uh, um, you know, you could have a kind of a mediocre pitcher put up a 70-point night out of nowhere because, you know, home runs weren't hurting them so much. And like you said, uh, definitely a big thing with the solo home run as well, not really tanking a good performance or diminishing really what uh, what took place. So definitely I think it's, it's great in helping those pitchers overall. Yeah, and, um, and then just even the, the change to uh, not having to sort the, the free agent list and relievers differently to to deal with the difference in uh, the scoring and whatnot. I, I mean, it, it's a quality of life change that for the reliever stats that made that better for me personally. Reliever stats were kind of interesting. I mean, they were worth more, but the really good relievers, which I think was a little bit the point, uh, mattered a whole lot more. I know uh, Dan had uh, Josh Hader, and that guy was just a monster. It seemed like every time he started, he was putting up 15, 20 points, which was mm-hmm. like I mean, anytime he came into the game. And that's like 
a bad start for like a starter, but like that's an amazing, amazing outing from your reliever who's only who's going two innings or less. So I know that really benefited him. And I mean, if you can get on get one of those guys, those guys are definitely worth a lot um, in the league going forward with the scoring as it is. But so like even even with somebody like Josh Hader, what do you like since you, both of you guys were in the playoff hunt and you know I assume trying to make your roster better any way you could. Like what what do you did you try to acquire Josh Hader from Dan? I think Dan was a playoff team. Well, Dan Dan finished just outside the playoffs. If I'm if outside, but he was trying to make the playoffs until the end. I'm I'm guessing so it wasn't someone. Uh, I mean, me personally, I, I like to stream them because I don't value relievers right uh, so, but, as but much. I, so let's say Dan, like two weeks before the, the trade deadline was out of the playoffs, and he put Josh Hader on the trade block. What do you had paid? Uh, you know, a top 50 prospect for him? I wouldn't, but um, someone might, you might argue that someone should give something decent to get him. What do you think, Joe? Um, so, I mean, if, if some, if you, people had like, I guess, paid attention to how he was actually used later in the season compared to the beginning of the season, I definitely don't think he was anywhere near as valuable. Um, Cause I was in another league, I was looking into acquiring him as well. And then if you actually look, I think it was starting, Oh man, I think in May they stopped using him for multiple innings and as often. So his second half of the season as well, I think his points, you know, he was back down just being a normal reliever. Um, obviously maybe a little bit more since he got higher strikeouts, but I think his value definitely diminished as the season went on. So personally, it wasn't somebody that we were looking into um, after looking into his usage and things like that. We were, you know, better off with just seeing who might get used in the relief role the next day. Um, so like hustle, you know, we were just uh, pretty much pretty much just streaming who we thought would actually get used the next day and going from there. So yeah, so I mean, with that in mind, like uh, I feel like Josh Hader was really really valuable in our league, but at the end of the day, not valuable at all. Because like if 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 there's this guy who's game changing, you I would feel like anybody anybody who's trying to win or improve their roster and if they can fill that spot with a better player, you would almost always trade that prospect for that guy and you both kind of balked at it. So like, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't, I, I'm just trying to think like, I mean, are relievers even good enough yet? If you, I mean, I, I think they're good, you know, and the good ones are good. Um, if that makes any sense, of course, but the, the really good ones, you know, the ones that get saves, and things like that, since those get a little bit extra points and thing, you know, that's nice too. Uh, if Hader would have stayed on that stretch where he was getting used all the time and for multiple innings, you know, and getting five strikeouts per appearance and things like that as a reliever, heck yes, I would have jumped all over it. Um, but just, you know, like I said before, looking at his usage, he was back to a, just a normal reliever, really, um, especially the second half and then late into the season, they were trying to really save him up. So, um, you know, at that point, I don't think we would have given really anything for him just comparatively to the other relievers. But if he would have been, you know, performing at those high levels, it definitely would have been something that we would have been interested in, you know, trying to get that extra edge for sure. Uh, I mean, I looked at the numbers provided by Elton during the trade. I mean, the rule discussion. Um, Dan Dan scored more reliever points than me, and I basically streamed every day and put a lot of time into it. So if I would have had Josh Hader, I mean, it would have been a huge quality of life improvement for myself, and I would have scored more points. But at the same time, I don't really want to give up a top 50 prospect for a reliever. I mean, yeah, maybe I that's why Joe's a little reluctant, too, because we love our prospects. Uh, we'll, we'll trade him for something really good, but like a reliever who could like he doesn't even come in every day and you don't know how long he's going to have it for – uh, it, I mean, it's not a bad, I don't think it's an awful idea. Just like not an idea that I would want to entertain. I don't think. Sure. Okay. Okay. Moving right along. I got another question from Twitter. This one's from at always be hustling for you. 69. Um, <laughs> it's also for Joe. Um, Joe, is it true that Josh is the brains behind TBD and you are the mascot of the team or is it vice versa? Oof. Oh man. That's a, that's a pretty always be hustling. Question. Always be hustling with the heat. Man, that's that's a tough Thanks one. Thanks for the question. Always be hustling, sixty nine. It's always be hustling um, for you, sixty nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I would say definitely this year. I mean, Josh has definitely been putting a lot uh, a lot into it, especially while I've been gone, and definitely happy with what he's done. So this year, I think you could definitely say that I've been more of the mascot and just rolling with whatever. But we always run things by each other, whether one of us have a thought or the other one does and um, we always keep each other in the loop so it's definitely i think a a uh, 
quite a duo and we 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 do everything together without making a big move but um this year definitely i could say uh josh has probably been more of the brains and i've been the mascot <laughs> well i'm not sure that was a very serious question from the tweeter but i'm sure he respects your candor and honesty <laughs> i like to be an honest person <laughs> yeah oh, uh moving on to our next question might be our last question unless we get in some more from twitter um where does this all die free agent team finish and die uh, I don't know, Joe, Joe, if you can see it. I posted it in the Discord chat, a roster. Um, I don't know if, how much reference you're going to have even seeing this roster compared to the bottom teams in the league, but I'll read uh, Kyle's proposed all-free agent team right now. First baseman, Mitch Moreland. Second base, D. Gordon. Third base, Giorco. Shortstop, Beckham. Outfielders, Kiermaier, Nick Williams, Josh Reddick. Utility, uh, Joe Manchoy, Carlos Gonzalez. Platter of... Bundy, Fires, Zimmerman, Straley, Smiley, Merrill Kelly, Jeremy Hellickson with relievers, Alvarado, Castillo, and Giles. I guess, Jordan, start off with this one since you're more familiar with the league. Uh, this team, I, I think, finishes uh, in the top half of the bottom half of the league. And the only reason I say that is that I believe that if I took that team over and just streamed free agents throughout the entire year, I would still beat half the teams in the league. Oof. Uh, I don't know about half the teams in the league. I think uh, maybe the bottom three or four could be in play if you uh, were really grinding it out, um, as one does. Um, But uh, there's a couple interesting players here, I guess. I mean, uh, Joe, do you have any thoughts about any of these players or uh, how how you would do with an all-free agent team? I mean, an all-free agent team in Dynasty Grinders, I'm guessing, would probably be better if if uh, auction, I mean, if budget wasn't an issue and you got Lester and Archer, I mean, I'm guessing that's probably a lot better of a team than this, right? Yeah, I definitely would probably take what's uh, available in Dynasty Grinders over uh, Dynasty. This team, oh man, that would, uh, if this team's doing good and getting uh, <laughs> in the, you know, even close to the, the top half, I would definitely want to be in, in Dynasty. I don't know why I'd be... I definitely would want to throw some money at it because <laughs> this team would whew, it'd be pretty rough. Um, I think, you know, there, there's a couple if teams everyone's staying active, this team I don't think would do well. But obviously, if, if not everyone's active, this team could this team could compete a little bit there at the bottom half. But it would be ugly. Uh, Jordan, any more thoughts on, on this team? I mean, I don't know what, really what to say, Kyle. I mean, I, I think we know that a couple teams that this team could definitely beat straight up or come close to. And, I mean... I mean, if you, there, there's players to be gotten on the waiver wire, so if you get them, I mean, you can you can certainly compete. But uh, this seems like a pretty bad team. It's a bad team, uh, but I mean, the the point is is that there's 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 players on this list that would improve other teams, which you know you take that for what it's worth. Um, there's no reason for some of these guys to be in the free agent pool. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. So there you go. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Uh, do you have any announcements, Jordan, as we're wrapping up this podcast? Any plans for next month? Yeah, we're flying to Arizona. It'll be my first yeah. trip into spring training. I'm really excited. Me too. Uh, yeah, we're going to Arizona at the last uh, one of the last weekends in March. Uh, I think technically the regular season will have started because there'll be a couple Mariners A's games, but it'll probably be like the last week or two before the regular season. Have you been to Arizona for spring training, Joe? I actually have. I've been a few times. Uh, my parents actually live in Arizona, so um, even though I live in Wisconsin now, I try to make it down there for, for spring training every once in a while. Um, being the, the prospect lover that I am, I spend most of my time on the backfields and trying to find those guys that nobody's really you know watching and things like that and guys that i've heard of and and it's it's definitely a fun time though it's a neat experience and you know just another way to get that baseball atmosphere i've been a couple of times it's it's a lot of fun um i mean i've went with friends and i feel like i've gotten into the trap of going to too many baseball games before i mean it seems really exciting that you you know i love baseball but going to two baseball games a day for more than one or one day in a row it's kind of a lot, so I'm going to try to hopefully spread it out a little bit. But potentially we might be going to six games. I know Jordan's going to a, one game on Wednesday, and then we have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So technically Jordan can do seven games. Yeah, I don't I don't have a whole lot of interest in doing seven. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, to relax and have a vacation. So it's pretty yeah. easy to do that at a baseball game. Um, that, I, I don't have a whole lot of expectations for you know trying to grind out as many baseball games as I can. That's That's definitely not the goal. 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Let I mean, I don't really know what it's like to go to that many games at different stadiums, but spring training compared to Dodger Stadium, anyway, is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot more mellow. Um, the stadiums are a lot smaller. Everyone's just happy to be there. Everyone's in a good mood, and you just get. I think the vibe is just everyone loves baseball there. No one's just dragged there from their job or from a a loved one that you know doesn't really like baseball. Like everyone there is like super into baseball. Yeah, sounds good. I'm sure they serve beer, so that'll be good for me. Have it on good authority. Um, Beer is good. Beer is good. <laughs> um, any any thoughts uh, before we go? Any final words, Joe? Um, you know, everybody just better be ready to bring it. Uh, the defending champions will be gunning for another one. So, but uh, no, guys, definitely thank you for for having me on. It was a pleasure, and uh, best of luck to you guys as well. And have fun on your trip. Yeah, I'm looking right. forward to it. If anybody's going to be in Arizona from March 24th, first through the 23rd you know head, let us know so that we can meet up somewhere we would definitely interested in that but uh no i look forward to competing and uh also beating tbd uh, uh, good luck good luck i <laughs> wish neither of you good luck in dynasty grinders and uh not available for trade not not bailey level dick but you're getting there thanks <laughs> <laughs> no comment all right well thanks again uh uh, Joe for joining us where can people find you or do you want to be found yeah if you want I'm at uh, Joe underscore raw sports I believe I think at 34 on Twitter um, you know that's where I spend most of my time but you know you can find me on there or if anybody won the league just DM me and I'm always open for conversation so feel free to come on over Jordan, how come you never ask me where I can be reached anymore? I want to be asked. Uh, I, I ask you every time and you say you cannot. So I was going to say, Johnny, we already know that you don't want to be found. And then, then I could be found at George Gillis on Twitter. I'd still I like to be asked. there are a couple Twitter handles okay. that people Johnny, where can people about. find you? I'm good. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Thank you.